0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Rachel Trease on Flex in the City, and I'm delighted to have with me on the show today, Osa Nori, I hope I've pronounced your name correctly, Orsa, who is the Global Head of Strategic Alliances at Standard Life Aberdeen in Scotland. Although she is not Scottish, she is our first Finnish guest on the show. Welcome, Orsa.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. It's great to be with you.
0: You're very, very welcome. So as our first um, Finnish guest on the show, I think all of our listeners would love to know a little bit about your story and how you came from Finland and ended up in Bonnie Scotland.
1: Yes, of course. Yes, I'll, I'll share my story. Uh, yes, it was such a challenge thinking of finding a travel agent who would find travel options to Scotland from Finland in, in, in the mid, mid-90s mid when I came. So. Yes, I I have an economics degree uh, in in masters uh, in economics, and I thought it would be helpful to improve my English, uh, which was really quite poor at the time. And I decided to apply for an Erasmus scholarship, um, and um, because of the league table ranking of the Strathclyde University's business school, I um, I chose Scotland as my first option. I had also. Spent a good bit of time analysing with Varsla Diesel, who I did a paid dissertation for, um, where they would have good customers um, in 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 the world uh, and English speaking so and and uh, and Scotland came up high in the rankings. So here I came in in January 1995, and I'm still on this journey.
0: And you so and you are married to a Scotsman, I understand.
1: I am, yes, yes. Uh, since uh, 96, I've since been married to. Uh, a Scotsman, yes. Wow, and
0: three three teenage children.
1: I do, yes, one is second year university, one is turning 17 on Valentine's Day and uh, one slightly younger than that.
0: Wow, fantastic. So I'm very curious to know, So, as a Finn, I'm sure you will have uh, seen a lot of newspaper press about um, the Finnish Prime Minister and a lot of senior female um, leaders in in the Finnish Parliament so I'm curious to know what your opinion is on also and and why
1: Finland yeah why Finland you know yes it's 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 a great question uh, I think our, our our new Finnish prime Minister a female prime minister is very quick to point out the fact that she's the third female prime minister in Finland so she's not the first one which I think we have mistakenly noted in some of the publicity we've re- received on on, on her. Um, she, she is uh, one of very many senior female leaders, both in the political scene in, in Finland and and as well as I guess in, in, in the corporate world as well. And and in I guess in local authorities and governments generally across across the Nordics, uh, we, we have seen a lot of female coming to powerful uh, positions. Why Finland um, I certainly discussed this topic quite a number of times with mm. many of the investors I meet. And, and, you know, I think, I think back to the many times when there's been kind of difficult situations between Russia and the U S and many times there have actually been former Finnish presidents who have been the, the to say, the Kofi Annan, the key peacekeepers and the mm. negotiators between those two big power, uh, power units. So I certainly think the Finland and Finns have the, the reputation of of perhaps being the calm in the storm in a number of situations in on the global scene as well. And 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 certainly also in the sporting world, um, there's been a number of, of, of Finns who have been very successful in doing a, doing a great job over the years.
0: Fantastic. And 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 uh, quotas, we did have a little chat about quotas just before we started recording this this pub, podcast. What, what's what's your view on 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 quotas?
1: yes so uh we've seen we've seen this in practice i guess across the nordic region where there's very much sort of a 50 50 split and in, a, in, in, a, in the public and quoted organizations on the on the various stock exchanges where you need to have as many female representation as as male i would argue that for me personally uh this is you know my personal answer to the question it, it, you know i as a senior female leader uh, within a, 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 a british um, london stock exchange quoted company would want to be receiving securing a senior role based on my the merits mm. of my qualifications rather than the fact that i'm female but i do i do understand why many people feel strongly that the only way we will make rapid enough uh, change here is by by adding some sort of a a a quota, whether it's thirty percent or fifty percent or whatever that quota is, is certainly I have seen a big shift in the last even three years within our company in terms of the focus of attention of of looking at what the that that female talent pool is for various roles that we are uh, are recruiting for.
0: Interesting. So so I'd like to go back, if I may, to how you started your career. And a little bird has told me um, also that you are on your fourth uh, career and that you started your career in in the fashion industry which i'm sure some of our listeners would be quite interested to hear about Um, and i'm quite interested to know what you think that financial services could learn from the fashion industry if anything
1: yes well i i I did indeed yes so i i did start in in the fashion industry and and i guess i had very many times in my teens been told by my mother uh, such slouching shoulders and and, uh, nobly knees and wasn't walking straight and wasn't sort of doing the right things for for my own posture and well-being. So I guess it was a big surprise to my family and and most of my my friends at the time that I actually then was able to earn my living based on my looks for some time, which which was very rewarding because it gave me great opportunities to travel the world and, and actually learn about different cultures and languages and and business et- etiquettes and and how best to influence depending on where where you were and what business context you worked in but there are certainly a lot of times also i felt early on in my career perhaps that i i made it harder for myself to prove to people around me certainly from my previous career in fashion that i could i could do the job required as a portfolio manager initially european equities d- despite the fact that i was someone who came out out of the industry so to say into this what can we learn? I think we all know for good or bad reasons that the fashion industry changes, you know, every quarter. Mm. It's a bit like public listed company, there's quarter reporting. But there are, you know, normally four seasons in a in a year in fashion and it's instant. Everyone wants to some lesser or greater sense be involved in, in, in the fashion debate and, and think about what they wear or how they appear. And that's the more connectivity with a much bigger group of people that the fashion industry have, I think we have a, a great number of aspects to learn in the in the financial sector. We are perceived to be pretty, you know, boring or a bit boring and stable is probably a good thing these days, but it, it's perceived to be a pretty slow to change, to penetrate new things into. So there's definitely those things I think we have to learn, learn from, from the fashion industry.
0: Yeah, there's always things to learn from from other industries, as you've probably heard on some of our wonderful Flex in the City podcasts. Um, so so in, in the short time I've got to know you, I can see you're a woman with incredible integrity and somebody with real purpose. So, so what would you want your own legacy to be on the financial services sector, Ursa?
1: The whole aspect of seeing, seeing success. You know, everyone wants to be part of success you know, and I, I take that in the very greatest sense, you know, success can be various things for me to see, to see someone achieve exam success of uh, within our graduate pool who sort of, who've been sitting a, a CFA exam, or seeing success in us securing a mandate from a local authority we've been engaging with a long time, or us seeing success about actually really getting our audience to understand what we stand for as a business and how our culture is really sort of starting to come together as something completely new that whole legacy that i can be part of and and forming and, and being a a good positive culture carrier and leader within yeah. our company and hopefully stand as a role model for some of those sort of younger people generally and women in particularly coming into or considering our industry in general that, that that those are values that are important to me and i i sit in on a girls school board Mm. accounts they also have a charity and i think those things are things i work with a lot of those members of there are sort of 16 age and plus older in within the school of what are important things to consider if you consider the financial sector and if you're not why not and why could you consider that our our industry
0: and and, you know as a mother of of, of teens um you know I'm, i'm curious to know that if you were trying to attract young people into the financial services what would be the messages that you'd give to those young people in order to attract them to the industry
1: it's an industry that's going through a lot of transformation it's not just our mm. company but the industry is going through a lot of transformation we need people who are technology savvy who are very interested in data i think data is the new Oil. Mm-hmm. if you talk about actually what data can do and knowing how to manage data and think about data is something really key. A lot of, a lot of young people I speak to worry about the fact that um, AI and robots are going to take over a lot of jobs and I, I say to people that the whole aspect of relationship will always be done by humans and the whole aspect in terms of in the financial sector there are a large part of that connectivity that needs to be done by humans. There are a lot of aspects, like in other industries, that can be automated, but that's such an an exciting. And I think it's almost now or never, in terms of now is a very, very interesting time to be part of our industry because of the, the change. And obviously that's a lot linked to the regulatory change. We talk a lot about, from a jargon, sadly, perspective, the democratization of risk and that very much means that um, we need to think about less the government and the grander uk plc looking after us from the cradle to the grave and more and more about the responsibility for our retirement and uh, our future years needs to be held by the individuals uh, uh, each and every one of us who live in the uk or indeed anywhere else that's something i feel passionate finland it's one of the three countries in the world that have the oldest population so Japan, Finland and Italy have the three oldest population in the world and I think we in the UK in my role as a board member member on our own staff pension scheme that's something we think a lot about how do we how do we think about engaging the young poor population but also those who are perhaps already in retirement and of course everyone in between who are active members of our pension scheme
0: I think we need to invest in some fish, don't you, Osa? When I think about Finland and Japan, it's fish came to mind. So, um, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, as as a strong female leader, I'm, I'm curious to know who has really inspired you, either in your family or or outside of your family, um, to be the leader that you you are today. Who's been there and, and and inspired you in that?
1: There's a few, I guess. So I I will start with my family. My my late grandmother. She made it to slightly over a hundred before she sadly passed away. But she she had my father in 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 1941 in the time when there was war, and she didn't know she was expecting twins, but she had twins, and 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 my grandfather was away in, in the war, and she brought up the twin boys on her own for nearly five years, and and she she had a very active hard working life in actually really building the credential for them as a family and how they would stand for and have the right values in, in moving forward. And also boost my grandfather's retirement. She, she, she made another, another career in her life and in terms of her engagement with a much broader population and kind of very much demonstrated those values that I, I would like to, to stand for. And I'd like to think I stand for in my, in my own, own values, both as a, as a, as a mother, as a wife, an employee and, a, and as a leader for our firm. My father and my uncle have also been successfully had kind a of really big entrepreneurs in their thinking of kind of business sense and 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 running both own businesses and, and working for big PRCs. And I think the way they have had this sort of business mindset have very much rubbed off on me and in terms of my thinking and, and the relevance of the fact that actually we all need to have you know nothing in life is a charity all of its own we need to have a, a business and a professional financial way of how, how we think and how we how we drive the, the work uh, ongoingly so i'd like to think there have been strong influences more more today and in terms of the work i do i suddenly see harry nimmo as a sort of a role model for me he he's the honorary consul for finland in mm. Edinburgh, Aberdeen and, and st andrews and he he's certainly is someone i'll link in closely he's also one of he's one of the top portfolio managers for smaller companies, uh, equity smaller companies uh, across a number of pieces and I think the values he stands for and the ethos and the sticking with what he knows in his his area of expertise professionally in the equity portfolio management is is admirable. In thinking things, he sticks to his principles of investments and that stood him in a good stead over, over 10, 15 years of investments long term.
0: Very good. So, so, so so you've been inspired by all of these people. I'd I'd love to know how you would describe your own leadership style and and how do you personally inspire others also?
1: I'm, I'm someone who is, um, who who always lead by example. So I am a very honest leader. I believe in in telling people constructively the the feedback they, they should have. Uh, very much about the team, uh, the team and me. So it's very much a player coach approach in terms of mm-hmm. how I lead, and, and I'd like to inspire people. And and I think I mentioned alluded to earlier, everyone wants to be part of success. So if you look to be very much being a successful leader, a successful role model in in the firm, people want to be part of that, and that that sort of that brings loyalty, and that that brings sort of long term. Commitment, and also our clients. Ultimately, we can never be arrogant enough to think the Aberdeen PRC's products are the best on planet, and everyone wants to buy them. There will always be another, you know, two or three products that are equally as good as ours. So then it comes down to people, and yeah. you know, sometimes say, "Have yeah. you got your lucky tie on today?" or "Have you got your your lucky shoes on?" Because you know, a little bit of a giggle around the fact that actually it's all about the the personalities at play, Do would they rather meet with us regularly around discussing the performance on the funds they bought from us? Or mm-hmm. what do they want to rather choose one of our peers? So it's always important to think that, you know, humbly, we can't be arrogant enough to think that it's just us who are relevant for, yeah. for the community. Many others are the same. So then it comes down to the soft skills.
0: Absolutely. The word humble has come up for me a few times. So, so, you know, you are the head of global relationships of strategic alliances and and, you know, can you go to even a little bit more depth about what that means and what are the key characteristics that leaders need to have to foster those great relationships that you you build?
1: Yes. So so the the, the key thing is long term, long term and helping. I would also say a solution mindset. So gone are the days when when it was all about you know pushing products and people were switching and changing portfolios on a on a far too regular basis and incurring a lot of costs, it's very much thinking about you know, do you as a client have a problem? If you have a problem, we should look to be finding solutions for you. So that is very much how we within our, our global strategic alliance function want to work. And clearly those that I'm responsible for are very much those sort of biggest relationships that we have um, most of the time it's also the most complex most complex because of the type of relationship we have this might be a joint venture or might be perhaps some shared ownerships and it might be most of the time it's very multifaceted all of the times it's different time zones and different geographies and regions and it requires a multitude of, of different levels of engagement across across many channels within our within our business functions
0: Very good. So, so I'm going to circle back to female leadership now, if I may, and, and talk about the female leader, which uh can be none other than, than, than the queen. Yes. And clearly she's had a crisis to manage the, the Megxit crisis, as it's um, touted in the press. Uh Um, what's your view on the queen as a leader and, and you know, perhaps how she's handled that
1: crisis? Yes. Well, I mean, anyone has crisis. Um, she's, unfortunate enough in sadly being in such a such a public position that those crises are always very public in her life. Mm. But I admire the Queen very much from the fact that in terms of I admire her leadership style in that she's rising above all of this noise and nonsense and, and actually she's who she is. And, uh, I'm I'd like to think I represent a very much a alpha female leadership style And I think she does too. She is who she is And she sticks with it regardless if pearls are fashionable or not She has her lovely pearls, as you can imagine. I like pearls She has her dress sense regardless of if Mm. blue is fashionable or not she doesn't get um Disturbed or distracted off her course when someone threw something off the cuff at her. Mm. She smiles She is just someone I think that, that Adapts to the world environment Whether it is within her own family there is a crisis or whether it's a crisis within the UK government or whether it's linked to um, politically some instability or, or anything else she but she stays relevant and she stays incredibly popular uh, and she stays incredibly fondly thought of by in my view most most people very few people you, you, you ask would say that they do not like the queen
0: absolutely absolutely she's a remarkable woman um really remarkable woman so so we're absolutely on the same page about our dear queen um well, so if you had some advice for uh, young financial services managers, what would it be? What would your message to them
1: be? Yes, it's a it's a very big question, Rachel. <laughs> you know, in, in this this sort of this area of a lot of change, I would say, you know, staying staying adaptable, having an open mind, not being afraid of change. I know that's always challenging because change is not. Easy. it's things that a lot of times you can't control so it's it's difficult to not be afraid of it but I've always tried to work hard in terms of showing my commitment and again the last one I'll say which again is, is at times hard but I try to always stay positive you know if you can take a message in two ways try to take it in a positive way. don't try to read things in a negative fashion, I think that will stand you in a good good stead as a as a young financial service manager or a leader in our industry coming through through today, and and have faith with what you stand for, and they'll it will take you far.
0: So, so also, would you um, encourage kids to join the banking industry?
1: Well, why not? You know, I I, I do think we have a challenge. I mean, I head up our early careers uh, program. Uh, here and anything between school leavers age 16
0: to Mm. work
1: experience, summer interns and graduates um, all the way to the mid-20s sort of uh, are within my area of responsibility and Mm. I would certainly say that there are uh, so much more opportunities today than there were when I came into the industry over 25 years ago and I also think that it's perhaps in those days coming into banking asset management or going into the medical uh, industry or going into teaching, these were sort of really high up there, they were the top three sort of professions that you, you considered. I think today, we, we compete very much with uh, very different industries, you know, we know the, the rise of Amazon, Google, Apple, the, the technology and just the whole aspect of being part of this design and this change in in a different way attracts our young people very differently today to uh, what the industries were when I, I i agree so i do think that the interest of being involved in the industry at the moment is very relevant because we are going good, mm. good a lot of change in terms of how we how we engage with the with our investors going forward so now is certainly a very good time to join
0: very exciting time isn't
1: it it is it is absolutely you can be part of that sort of very much innovation stage yeah. now in a very different way to you would have been some 20 years ago when I came in.
0: Yeah so, so also as a, as a fun we always end flexing the city up with a really fun question um, so I'd love to ask um, if you were investing in a fashion brand you used to be a portfolio manager um, which fashion brand would you invest in and why?
1: Well, I'm I, I am Finnish a Swedish speaking Finn, so I'm going to go back to Finland and uh, uh-huh. to give an example. Uh, I, I, I think Marimekko as a mm-hmm. brand has 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 stayed relevant. I mean I, I I remember my mother when I was a young little girl having having Marumeko cushions and I knew a friend's mom who had a, a lovely Marimekko dress, and you, you know and I still today see regularly. Marimecco in some of the the very latest fashion magazines and we have clearly had a huge amount of, of various cycles over the last 30 40 years that when I've seen Marimecco as a brand stay relevant and stay there and and I certainly do think that you know thinking about that brand and and, and the, the the design in itself and, and how they managed to kind of broaden and deepen that sort of design range and product range over the years is, is something that I admire
0: them for. Absolutely. We, ha- we even had a shop here in Luxembourg, Marimacca. So I'm very familiar with the, the brand. So I think you made a, a very good decision and I think it's a very sustainable um, brand too. So Osa, Nori, I would love to thank you for being on Flex in the City. And what I really, the words that I'm going to go away with from our conversation today is, is your belief in the power of belief and determination. And and that's something that will really uh, stay with me. So thank you for being on, on Flex in the City.
1: Thank you, Rachel.